My Nourish Balance Thrive supplement line has finally arrived. I am so excited to share them with you all. I have been taking the products for months now to test them first. And now that they are here for you, I want to share with you my favorite product of all of them. They're all really amazing. But this one is the Nourish Liver Support. We talk about toxicity a lot on the pod from our food and our environment to the air that we breathe and the water that we drink. And as you've heard me say, if we're not getting rid of toxins, on a daily basis, they're going to store in certain areas of your body, kind of think of it being stored in your fat. So as I've told so many of my patients over the years, if they're struggling with weight loss, one reason could be an overburdened body because you just got so many extra toxins being stored in the fat and your body won't release that fat. So we've got to be able to help filter the stuff out and your liver is a filter. So the Nourish Liver Support, I absolutely love. You can check it out at drlisao.com. Click on shop or just click the link below. I want to introduce you to my newest product, Balance Tea in my Nourish Balance Thrive line. What is Balance Tea? This is balancing out testosterone. It might just be the supplement that you've been missing in your entire routine. Ladies, I don't want you to freak out thinking this is only for men. This is also for you. We need testosterone in the right amounts to promote lean, sexy muscle. So if you are realizing you're doing your workouts, you're not really gaining muscle mass, you can't figure out what's going on, you might want this product. So I absolutely love it. I noticed a huge change in my workouts immediately after I started testing it out. So check it out. Grab a bottle for you. Grab a bottle for your hubby. You're going to love it. Click the link below. Otherwise, DrLisaO.com and then click on the shop button. Hey there, Rockstar. I'm so glad you're here. I know you've been struggling for a while, trying to figure out why things just aren't changing. I've been there. I get you. I see you. I know how hard you're trying. I'm here to let you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm here to teach you the simple steps to becoming that healthy, vibrant, best version of you. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the show. You guys, I'm really excited about my guest here today. This is Dr. Aaron Hartman. Um, I have met him through a mastermind and just even in our little five minute conversation before recording today, this is going to be such a brilliant episode for all of you on deep diving into a lot of aspects of health. I was just talking to him behind the scenes, a little bit about long COVID type stuff, and he just brought in everything full circle for me. And I cannot wait to like really listen into all of this. So Aaron, is a medical doctor who obviously uh, realized that there is an innate healing within the body. And I know you have an amazing story with your daughter when you adopted her from foster care, which is kind of what brought you into functional medicine. Um, but he is he, he is the go-to doctor in Virginia for those people that are struggling, right? <laughs> like, and I'm sure you probably have people that fly in from all over the world, actually. Let's let's get real, right? <laughs> well, I've had Peru, someone fly out from Peru, and I've done a consult with someone from Denmark, but mostly it's United States. Yeah, well, let's still. So, um, brilliant, brilliant mind. I met you, my, this was in the midst of, I want to say, was it 2021, maybe? I just remember we were all sitting at dinner out in Palm yeah. Springs, and just conversations started happening at the table, and I was like... I need to know this person because he is brilliant and he's got some really amazing information. So I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. 
So thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to be here. And I think we have a great conversation today. So yeah. So let's, let's just deep dive in. Let's talk about hypermobility. Obviously as a chiropractor, I see this a lot with patients and I know what I look at that way, but you said that, you know, let's explain to everybody that's listening. I think most people would understand what hypermobility is, but let's deep dive in and to why something so innocuous could be so like such a big issue. Well, ultimately it's a connective tissue disorder. And you have to ask yourself, what do connective tissues do, Dr. Lisa? I mean, okay, so they do everything. So they they are insulation for your body's neurological system. So if you imagine your body's neurological system, like a 3D web, Mm -hmm. and all those little connections need insulation. So that's what your connective tissues do. And they hold those things in place. They also, at the same time, hold your body organs in place, not just your bones, not just you know, holding tissue things together, but they actually hold your vertebrae together. And you as a chiropractor know that up here at your C1, C2, C3 area, you've got this part of your brain that controls your regulatory systems of your body. It's, it's this, this control center for hormones, um, sleep-wake cycle, a whole bunch of things. And we have a hyper a connective tissue disorder. People can get pressure on their midbrain structures. And all of a sudden now they have hypothalamic dysfunction from that. It's, it's called a lanthanal instability, yes. right? And so- that a severe, severe, severe version of that is Ehlers-Danlos, but people with hypermobility can't have this to a mild degree. Um, it also affects nutritional status. If you're someone who's hypermobile, you need more vitamin C. C is the most important vitamin for actually cross-links, making collagen hold itself together. Trace minerals, which our diets are crazy um, low in or, or absent of, B vitamins. And then there's all the other associated things like gut issues, um, related to some of the connective tissue things that make people more nutrient deficient. And all of a sudden it becomes a feed forward cycle. If we don't understand, there's more to it than just your SIBO and your dysbiosis, more to it than your chronic fatigue and fibro. You've got this other thing that you got to look for. And even something as simple as sleep-wake cycle, and I'll, I'll stop with it here because I could ramble on the entire time about this. The sleep, sleep apnea, people with connective tissue issues have floppy airways and they tend to be petite. So I call it skinny people sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. So you'll see these athletic looking, particularly slender females, athletic, you know, go, go-getter executive types who like have horrible sleep and they have terrible sleep apnea. And I pick it up because I'm thinking hypermobility. So I'm looking at their dental arches. I'm asking about dental health. I'm looking at their palate and their fingers and their hands. And I'm diagnosing their sleep apnea without even doing a sleep apnea test. I'm right about 60% of the time, which in my world, you know, my world, six, that's pretty good in my world yeah. to be able to diagnose sleep apnea without a test. So, so that's just a few of the things that your connective tissues or connective tissue disorder like hypermobility can be associated with. So what comes first, like the chicken or the egg, right? The hypermobility, is that happening because of, you know, are they not digesting their, their food properly? Like, or, you know, what would you say mm-hmm. is triggering to that? Or is there another illness that, that stems from it that yeah. leads to the cascade or, or (laughs) I'm going to say it's controversial. All right. Okay. So in the, in the, yeah, it's controversial. So there's, I have, there's two theories. Um, I I hold to both and it depends on the patient. Mm -hmm. The first theory is that actually, um, connective tissue cross-linking issues is actually part of mast cell activation syndrome. So there's actually some literature showing people with mast cell issues are more prone to connective tissue hypermobility. So there's a whole group of people who think that that the hypermobility is primarily a mast cell activation issue, which is also one of the reasons why this group of people, you start using mast cell stabilizing things, H1, H2 blockers, quercetin, rupatidine, a whole a lotus naltrexone, a bunch of stuff. I believe in that, but I, I hold to a more primitive, a primitive way of looking at it. And that is that hypermobility is ultimately a, um, a superpower. 
gone awry. <laughs> okay. And so what that means is people that are hypermobile have a, um, have a quicker response time, high response times. They're more, they tend to be more athletic. Like my son, for example, is hypermobile and he could throw a ball quicker, better than me when he was 11. He could run, he can already run faster than me at 12. Um, if you look at elite athletes, like Michael Phelps types, you know, volleyball types, you, there, there's an unusual amount of hypermobile athletes in, in that world. And so if you have a quicker response time, if you can run quicker, throw a ball faster or a javelin, or a, if you're a slinger back in the, you know, prehistoric times, all of a sudden you now have a survival advantage. Also people that are hypermobile are more, more, um, have more neurodivergence. So more like your, 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 um, Asbury kind of type, you know, your, your scientific, you know, computer geek, you know, artistic type learner type. Right. So I, I personally believe it actually it's in the general population, about 20%, by the way. So it's actually quite common and actually has survival benefit, but in the environment of mold and Lyme and concussions and trauma and stress, all of a sudden, you know, what used to be a superpower is now becoming an Achilles heel for people. And I think there's a group of people that's probably start out as a mast cell that makes it worse. But when you have something that is 20% in the population, it's so crazy common. That's like, it's probably a little bit of both. And I think it really depends on, um, the patient and what their what their story is, right? What their functional story is and how they got to where they're at, whether I pick it. I think it's more, you know, the guy with the patients who were elite athletes who had concussions, injuries, and they crashed. And it was like, oh, by the way, I'm using the information about their connective tissue disorder to address their post-concussive illness or whatever. Yeah. And so that's interesting to me because as a chiropractor, I always look at the people that don't hold their adjustments well, right? Like they're the ones that you adjust them and they're out of alignment within a couple of days. Right. Absolutely. And, and we always look at it here and I'm like, okay, so we know we're under adrenal stress is what I look at it as, but then also the fact is, I don't even know if you know that, like I'm specifically an upper cervical chiropractor. So I'm obviously working with C1, C2 occiput all the time and the brainstem and all of that. And so to go through that whole HPA axis, and that really makes sense. And so maybe it is at two years old when they fell down the stairs and hit their head, right. That misaligned it. That's always causing that adrenal stress later on that's triggering, you know, so it's, it's fascinating to me because I am that person that's always like, okay, what created what, and why is this happening? <laughs> but here, here's the, here's the monkey. Here's the wrench or monkey, monkey in the wrench or wrench, whatever the saying is. I, you know what? My sister and I do this all the time. We're like, I don't know what the saying is. People are like, is the wrench and the monkey, the monkey in the wrench, the wrench in the, oh, anyway, here's, here's the, here's the fly in the ointment or whatever you want to say hmm. is that there's a, the subs of the population, the high end dancers in companies in the UK that are diagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos crazy hypermobility, but they're also competing at the highest level in their sport. Okay. And it's interesting enough, you have, a, you, uh, there's a lot of dancers that have OCD, which is interesting because if you're super anal about your hands like this, not like this, and they, they make amazing people to be dancers. Right. Yeah. And that's part of the hypermobility that, that neurodivergence, but the way these people stay in the game is they have to do Pilates type exercises that actually hold their joints in place. And they have to realize that they're hypermobile early in because these young, these young ladies, when they're like 12 or 13, if they go to point too early, they'll crash out when they're 15. If the coach says, no, I'm not putting you to point till you're 14 or older till you're, you've got enough muscle strength, then they can actually make it to the professional level, but they have to realize that. And so my thinking is if you can actually, as a professional, make it to that level with the most severe form, but actually through the appropriate coaching, the appropriate care, not letting coaches push you too much, actually compete at the highest level in the world in that sport. It kind of goes back to my thinking, you know, knowing these things beforehand, how can we help the average person, you know? Yeah. I love this because I feel as if it's something within the last, I don't know, I've been in practice almost 20 years now. And so like Ehlers-Danlos was not 
a diagnosis that we heard very often and now it's so much more common. Right. But I feel like when people do hear it, they're like, they, it's a, like they feel cursed. And so this is a beautiful way to look at it. Like, it's really not like there's so many other good things that we can look at it with. But I think Ehlers, I think it's often misdiagnosed as Ehlers-Danlos because what's happening is if you look at the, um, and ultimately all these criteria, this is all research criteria. We really aren't hundred percent sure what we're looking at. So that's the caveat to that. But if you look at the EDS society, there are criteria, criteria one, two, and three, right? Criteria one is the hypermobility. There's also criteria two and criteria three. And criteria three is you don't have these really high-end like Marfan's kind of crazy stuff. Criteria two is you don't have, if you have joint dislocation, if you have public floor instability, if you have you know, crazy you know, um, um, vertical stria and you're a teenager and all these other things, if you meet enough of those criteria, you can fall into the you know, Ehlers-Danlos hypermobile type. And there's 13 types, by the way, of Ehlers-Danlos. Oh, wow. but, but what I think what happens is people are hypermobile, but they're, they're not athletic. So they haven't dislocated a shoulder or they haven't done anything extreme. So they don't fall into Ehlers-Danlos because of the hypermobility, they get POTS and dysautonomia and long COVID and chronic Lyme, right? And all these, and chronic fatigue and fibro mm-hmm. and chronic gut issues. And so people are saying, it's oh, all you have Ehlers-Danlos because you're hypermobile. And it's like, well, you're using these, these other disease entities that are associated with it, but you're not actually following the criteria. That's been my personal experience um, that people, because they Google it and you say, oh, look, look how flexible I am. Right. I've seen people ridiculously flexible in their 60s with no symptoms. Okay. at all. They're just like, oh, I've got arthritis. I'm like, well, that's probably because your joints are grinding a little more because the whole hypermobility. So that's where, that's one of my concerns is people get overdiagnosed with Ehlers-Danlos. Mm-hmm. And then in our current medical system, they get put into like the specialty world where here's your pain man specialist for your pain. Here's your cardiologist for your POTS and dysautonomia. Mm-hmm. Here's your psychiatrist for your, your, your bipolar, which is actually adrenergic overdrive part of POTS, right? And all of a sudden it's like, we've not done these people any favors at all. Do you ever get bored with water and you're kind of scared of what's in the energy drinks or maybe worried about the aluminum cans of sparkling water? I got something great for you. Something that's good tasting for you. It's good for you. It tastes great. It helps to balance out electrolyte levels. I have been using Element or LMNT, as you may have seen it, these little salt packets for a couple of years, and I absolutely love them. They have 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. Here's the deal. If you're doing keto or if you're doing low carb, you're losing electrolytes, and we need to replenish them. If you're working out heavily, you need to replenish your electrolytes, and this is a great way to do that. I absolutely love the raspberry flavor. That is my favorite out of all of them. Go ahead, click the link below, or go to bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Dr. Lisa O, D-R, Lisa O, L-M-N-T. Click the link below. Okay, ladies, you have heard this over and over again. Before we even leave the house in the morning, we are exposed to several hundred chemicals from the shampoo that we use and the body wash to the face wash and then all of our makeup and everything else. So, Obviously, clean makeup is so important to me, and people are always asking what I use. And I want to introduce to you Crunchy. I am absolutely loving these products. I have been using them for a while now, and I've just now decided to share it with you all on the podcast. My two favorite products are the Crunchy Power Light Eye Cream, which has been amazing results, along with the Crunchy Golden Light 
multi-peptide facial serum. You can check it out at C-R-U-N-C-H-I.com, crunchy.com forward slash Lisa Olszewski, which will be a lot easier to just click the link below. But if you do want to write it down, that's C-R-U-N-C-H-I.com forward slash L-I-S-A-O-L-S-Z-E-W-S-K-I. Like I said, it's easier just to click the link below. No, like definitely we always look at medicine has like compartmentalized people. And so um, I like it when we're all looking at the whole thing. And especially I talked to a chiropractic neurologist two weeks ago and we're, we did a whole deep dive in on POTS because of just the increased prevalence of that even recently. So it's interesting on that. So you spoke about, um, you said, you said Lyme, you said mold a couple of times. So how can this really exacerbate symptoms then? Because I feel like, again, there's a lot of Lyme out there. Well, both Lyme and mold that people may not realize could be a trigger for them. But again, in the functional world, everybody's being diagnosed with all of it. Well, you have to think about, you know, your innate immune system. And that's kind of where a lot of the stuff sits is the innate, not the adaptive, but the innate immune system. And so with um, hypermobility, connective tissue disorder, for example, you, you have a harder time detoxifying. So in the mold world, it's like harder to get the toxins out. And one of the issues with people that are, um, there's like a gene test you can do, right, for, um, for your risk for having chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which is the appropriate term for mold, about 23% of the population in the country has the gene. Wow. Which is interesting because 20% of the population is hypermobile. And then one of the genes in that actually is related to hypermobility. And so some of the thinking is that that's part of your adaptive immune system. Your body makes antibodies to detoxify. And this group of people doesn't do that that well. So actually your, your adaptive immune system, which tags toxins to be removed, isn't appropriately working. Now, if you go into a moldy environment, bam, the connective tissue aspect of, of Lyme is that Borrelia loves oxygen depleted tissues. And the most oxygen depleted tissues are cartilage and ligaments, right? Connective tissues. So true. Well, yeah. well, all of a sudden now, if you have, well, neuro, neuro Lyme, one of the reasons neurological neuro Lyme is so tricky is because there's so much connective tissue in your neurological system. And if it like, if it thrives there, and this is one of the reasons I also love hyperbaric medicine or doing HBOT is because now you can force four, five, six, eight, 10 times the oxygen in someone's tissues and get to where the Borrelia is that, that is, hates oxygen. So I think it's a little bit of those kind of things that come together, why you see more of those issues in people that have hypermobility. So that's why when somebody has a Lyme flare, like why there's so much, like the suboccipital tension or the tightness at the lower part of the neck, et cetera. So they get a rocket raconitis and all, and you mentioned like having a whole time holding it, holding a, um, an adjustment. Mm-hmm. These people, they tend to have tight fascia and they don't hold adjustments very well. And so it's not just an adjustment. You have to do fascia work. You have to do muscle rework. Certain things like Qigong, I like a lot because they actually, it's a, it's a contemplative martial art that actually does these slow movements while you're contracting your muscles and actually does work on your fascia more than like more than just a standard um, manipulation of some sort. These people are very complicated and need, need, they need, I love cranial sacral for these people. Yes. Uh, did you, do you do cranial sacral work? No, but that works. So it's very, um, what I do is so light and gentle, very similar. And so cranial really okay. works. Cause I always tell people like cranial is, you know, cranial sacral obviously is working with all the cranial bones and we're working with the rest of the structure too. So, yeah. but it is like very similar, making sure that whole cranial sacral yeah. rhythm is. Anybody, anybody with hypermobility with pots or dysautonomia, they really need a, someone who does either cervical or cranial cervical yeah. stuff because there's so much of their dysfunction that's sitting in that part of the brain. And one of the things that happens, they have a slower movement of their, of their um, um, cerebral spinal fluid and it gets blocked at that little cerebral spinal, that, that duct right there. And so what happens if your brain sags a little bit, 
mm-hmm. pushes against that the frame and opening, all of a sudden now they get an elevated pressure in the brain. And that causes all kinds of crazy symptoms. And so mild, mild cranial cervical, cervical stuff actually offloads that pressure. And these people's anxiety will drop. Yes. Their, their, per, their pupils going crazy will drop. And you're like, you're saying, oh, it was like your Addy's pupil or your adrenal pupil. And it's, no, it's your yeah. pupil that's sitting back here because you have all this pressure on your, your midbrain structures. It's so true. And I just brought it up with, um, oh, I interviewed somebody else that we both know, but Claudia uh, Mullenweg, I believe is how you pronounce her last name, but she, with her old vision. And so what was funny is the day that I was recording with her, I had been adjusted earlier that day and I had missed my chiropractic adjustment a couple of weeks prior because of a snowstorm. So, you know, I'm four weeks out from my appointment and I'm like, my vision, I'm pulling readers out, trying to, like, it was just ridiculous, right? But we were laughing about it in the office. So I was literally sitting in the reception area looking at my phone and I was like, it's blurry. I can read it, whatever. Literally after my adjustment, boom, crystal clear. And I was like, I love this because it is, it's the power of just taking the irritation off of the nervous system and allowing the body to function as it should be. Right. And, and your integrative system, the corporeal quadrigemini, right. Which is right on the back yeah. of the tectum, that little thing. Yeah. It's in that midbrain structure yes. as well. And that's where your, your vision and your hearing integrate. So it, your, your eye works perfectly. Your, your, mm-hmm. your occipital area works perfectly, but it's the integration that's messed up. Exactly. That, and that's why simple things can actually have these really crazy effects. And people mm-hmm. say, oh, it's who it doesn't work. It's like, you have to really know your neuroscience Absolutely. to know why this stuff is working. I mean, this is the whole thing. My whole philosophy of what I'm working on in, in practice, right. Is I'm looking at leg link inequality. Right. And so we get them adjusted and I check posture and everything else. And people are like, really, you just did this little bit. And my legs are even now. And I was like, Oh, but you have no idea what's all in here. Like, this is the reason why it's not the fact like, you know, your leg grew. It was the fact that we just released the tension there um, and allowed your, you know, the muscles to relax. All right. So, so let's give these people some hope. Like what, if they, if, someone's listening right now and all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, she's nailing everything that I'm, I'm, that I'm experiencing. What would be some of their first steps? Where would you tell them to start looking to find somebody that can actually diagnose this correctly and to work with it properly? Wow. That's a hard question because right. it's really, there's, there's not, I mean, yeah. um, I'm looking out there and there's not really a lot of people talking about, I'm in, I'm in a group with um, Dr. Afrin. It's a, it's a mastermind. It's like mm-hmm. master mass cell mastermind mm-hmm. with Dr. Afrin. And um, there's maybe 400 practitioners in it around the world. Mm-hmm. And they're focused on the muscle aspect. So like, where do you find these people? And, th- and then there's some hypermobility experts in there's where there's physical therapists in there. But it's like, where do you find someone like this? And like, I don't know of anybody in Virginia who's talking mm-hmm. about it. And so it's almost like the, the patient has to become like the, the doctor, the, like Sachin says, right? The, the doctor of the future is the patient. You almost have to like take your your um, health care in your own hand and basically be like, okay, I'm going to find my cranial cervical person. I'm going to find my, you know, my myofascial person. I'm going to find my acupuncturist. I'm going to find my chiropractor who won't tear my tissues, which is tricky. Yeah. These yeah. patients are always careful with chiropractic recommendations because mm-hmm. so many chiropractors, even regular physical therapists yeah. don't realize you can hurt the patient. So, so I, I give people things they can start on like right now, because it's really hard to refer to I'd like, come see me in Virginia. It's like, yeah. that's not practical, you know, for most people, but um. Your diet is super critical. One of the things with hypermobility is everything that's already important is now hyper important. It's mm-hmm. super important. So you really can't eat processed foods. You really need to have like a paleo type diet where everything you're eating is feeding your tissues and feeding your brain. You have to have that philosophy. I'm healing every cell in my body because I need more of this than everybody else does. The second thing, there are certain nutrients that these people naturally are deficient in. Vitamin C, D, trace minerals, B vitamins. These people tend to crave, they tend to need more like organ meat, bone broth kind of stuff, which is super nutrient dense with these trace minerals. 
The other aspect about it is like the mind-body aspect that's often overlooked. Because of the heightened sense of alertness and awareness, these people tend to get this thing called limbic kindling. It's basically trauma brain. And so it's not, you may not have been physically, emotionally, sexually abused, or you may have been, and your, and your connective tissues make that even worse. And so you really need to have some kind of personal contemplative practice, whether it's prayer, meditation, you know, you have to have something, you know, you can do dynamic neural retraining, there's um, limbic rekindling, you have to have some kind of system. And a lot of these people are so their neurological systems are so wound up that they can't tolerate supplements, they can't tolerate the cellulose and supplements, right. And all of a sudden, now it's like you're doing um, muscle testing, and you're doing, you know, a lot of these other things that seem kind of hooey, but actually for these patients are like, your neurological system is so crazy, that literally you'll react with cellulose and capsules and actually hypermobile patients, there's actually data literature on this are more likely to have reactions with cellulose, which is <laughs> capsules, right? Yeah. And so it's the, so the diet aspect, the basic supplementation yeah. aspect, and they really need like this, you can say stress, but really it's this whole mind body thing. That's yeah. super critical with these patients as your starting point. And I've had some really good results with um, Qigong with some of my patients because it's very calming. It's controlling breath work yeah. as well as your focus and your body. And so it kind of combines all this, that whole spirit, soul, body, mind, breath, um, concentration. It kind of brings those together. And that, that practice needs to be a part of their daily life. It can't be Oh, I did it, you know, a couple of times. It didn't work. It's like you're trained, you're trying to retrain your brain right. not to be in a fight or flight, um, in a in a fight or flight thing. So nice. those are the key things that everybody with hypermobility with a chronic health issue needs to really have, like the foundation that everything else is built on. Yeah. And it's one of those things I, I said this the other day, but I had a patient, I give everybody spinal hygiene exercises and different things, especially to deal with their anterior head carriage and all that. And um, somebody looked at me once and he's like, you know, I did it once and it didn't do anything. And I was like, so did you tell your dentist that too? Like you brushed your teeth once and didn't do anything. So you just decided to stop. And he's like, fair point. So it's those things that we have to do over and over and over again. And especially just to calm down the nervous system, especially when we are living in a world where stress is being thrown at us all the time. And we all innately think we're running from a bear, right? Like so um, a couple of different things that you just said that I wanted to really expand on. If you have a little bit more time, I would love sure. to still pick your brain on this stuff. Um, so speaking of organ meats and all of that, are these the people that would really thrive on, on a carnivore type diet, even if they wanted to go to that extreme or not necessarily? They it's tricky. The answer is yes, no, and maybe. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So um, a lot of patients will have SIBO which as you know, is really super hard to treat. And so doing a carnivore diet can actually by starving your gut from fiber, actually suppress some of the bacterial overgrowth. A lot of patients with SIBO, you actually can't tolerate fiber, right? You give them fiber, they get diarrhea, you give them probiotics, they bloat. And so those patients that can be helpful, helpful with them. Also like patients who were like previous vegans or vegetarians who are hypermobile, like the worst diet for someone who's hypermobile is to be a vegan. They will crash years later. And so those people tend to do really, really well with a carnivore diet, you know, um, because of the, their lacquer. And the thing that these patients also as well need tons of protein and trace minerals to actually repair their connective tissues. And so doing organ meats, um, bone broth, doing that stuff they've been deficient in for like their entire life. Yeah. Do you, do you go carnivore for the rest of your life? Well, maybe not, not, but do you do it for the next six to 12 months? I mean, why not? You know, it might be helpful. It's just the caveat to that is if someone has low stomach acid, yeah, then they might not be able to digest the um the proteins. They might have to take like some betaine or some other digestive enzymes to help with it. Those patients, it might not be the best idea. 
Okay. That was my next thought was especially to add in the just enzymes since so many people, yeah. you think of anybody that was a vegan for years and the lack of the enzymes at that point. Yeah. Um, what about you had talked about with the sleep apnea and the palate and all that I want to deep dive. Is there any, have you seen this with people that have braces, any type of changes on, or the jaw work? I'm seeing that a lot now. I feel like people are going in and I feel like I have a bunch of patients going in for Invisalign right now for jaw work that I'm like, okay, I'm not sure it's great to go in there and start shifting things at 40, 50, 60 years old. Um, the, um, I'm not as worried about the shifting part. It's like, why, why are your teeth shifting? Okay. That's a question. Are you grinding your teeth at night? They shifting because of that. Did they, when you were young, did they pull out four or five teeth? Did right. you actually have dental crowding? Mm -hmm. These are all markers that your airways might be small. Okay. And so, and then it's hard with the dental orthotic the dental mouthpiece, if you are, if you had orthodontics, because sometimes that will shift your teeth a little bit. So it's not the teeth shifting per se, it's what's causing that and what it means on top of that. So, so grinding could be a sleep apnea thing. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, for example, my sleep apnea, like I didn't know I have mild, 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 mild sleep apnea. And so I, I didn't dream. I had some like sensitivity to hot and cold in the back. Um, a little bit of gum recession, a little bit of grind marks in my teeth because I, 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 I clenched. And um, it all went away when I started wearing my dental device. And I started to dream. Okay. So it's one of those things, there's all, when you see those and you look in someone's mouth and you see they have a very narrow dental arch and a high arch palate, that goes along with a small mouth. When people are malnourished, when, and this is actually goes back to like what the, the what was going on inside a mom when you're inside your mom? Right, 100%. So, so when all your teeth are forming and all that stuff. And so your brain, your, your body is going to preserve brain size the most. So if you see kids that are severely malnourished, they'll have the big, big heads and their face and their chins are itty bitty small. It's because your body is going to preserve brain size the most. And what's happened is in the last hundred, and actually Weston A. Price, if you ever heard his name before, yes. who's a dentist, mm -hmm. he traveled the world looking at taking pictures of people's mouths. And he knows that nutrition was associated with a narrowing of a dental arch. And, and that is in our literature now associated with sleep apnea. So all of a sudden, what's your mom doing before you're, she's pregnant with you? It can affect mid-face structures, and lower face structures. And your mid-face is where your airways are. Ah. So if your mid-face is a little smaller, all of a sudden now you're more prone to this skinny people's sleep apnea. That's interesting because I have seen an influx of patients just recently that were, I'm like, these were people I never would have thought would have been yeah. a classic sleep apnea. Yeah. All right. This is fascinating. All right. Well, then do you have a few minutes that we can talk about long COVID stuff too? And how this all sure. went in? All right. <laughs> sure. Why one not? more question. One more question. One more. One more one yeah. More. So for these people that are struggling right now that, um, you know, and I had said this to you before, uh, we started where I was like, I, I tend to see that there's something else that was probably in their environment prior to, and then this is kind of the next trigger. And so you helped to explain that. So can you deep dive into that? Why some people that are dealing with long COVID symptoms, um, may have had other exposures to other things, but let's talk about the innate immune system and, and how you explained that earlier. Well, I think, um, <clears throat> the, the first thing I think about is long COVID is not new. Okay, people have been getting post mono fatigue and post mono just autoimmune issues for years. People have been getting post shingles issues or post infectious. Like the idea of an infection causing an innate immune system activation is actually old. You know, what's new is the COVID virus per se. And so the same principles you'd apply to your chronic fatigue patient from CMV or EBV or toxo or whatever, are the same principles you apply to the um, the um, long COVID. Now, long COVID has, has its own nuances, just like Toxo does or EBV does. But um, what happens with your innate immune system is if it gets 
dysregulated, now your body is stuck in this low-grade inflammatory state. So what's supposed to happen is you get exposed to a virus, your innate immune system gets activated, which is the first line of defense, okay? It can start killing stuff like ASAP today. The antibodies will pop up, start rising your IgM and, you know, seven to 10 days, your IgG in a little longer, a little week or two. And so what happens is that transition to making antibodies is when your body starts doing the carpet bombing to remove all the rest of the whatever, right? What happens is now you have these things called pro-resolving mediators, which is your body. Now the inflammation is gone, your, your antibody response goes away and your immune system goes back to normal. But what happens with these patients is their antibody status goes back to you know, normal, whatever, but the innate immune system is stuck and keeps on doing stuff. And so what happens is that can cause a low levels, like cytokines, for example, these, all these little parts of the immune system, you'll see someone's C4A, C3A, TGF beta, IL-1, IL-6, all these cytokine markers are elevated. And so all of a sudden now you get this low-grade inflammation that can lead into what we call, what we're describing as, you know, long COVID or the post-acute sequela of COVID-19 or, you know, whatever you're referring to. And so there's some nuances that are unique for it, but what's happening is just like those other things, like someone has long COVID, what was going on before? And we know, for example, there's 10 major factors that make people more prone to long COVID. And one of the big factors between old and young is dysbiosis, uh-huh. you know? So if you have dysbiosis, you know, one of the things you're a very robust bacteria in your gut does is it trains your immune system to ignore 99.99% of stuff. And kids have very robust um, microbiomes. Grandparents don't. And so what happens is that toning doesn't happen with their immune system. So now it's like, does this person have SIBO? And some of these people actually, their underlying IBS stuff that they ignored for years because it's just a little bloatier gas or I just got a little flush after whatever. Now they develop SIBO dysbiosis. Really, I mean, gut issues are one of the major issues and the ACE receptor is one of the big places, one of the big places of interactions in your GI tract. And so like what was going on before? And that's where you kind of find out, did you already have dysbiosis? Did you already have a Lyme or mold exposure? Did you already undiagnosed sleep apnea? Because yeah. now you got, when your immune system resets when you sleep at night, right? Yes. Did you already have a vitamin C deficiency, a vitamin D deficiency? There's some recent literature coming out recently that showed, well, we already knew that 84% of people who died with COVID had low vitamin D levels. Right. But if your D level was over 50, almost no one with a D level over 50 died from COVID. And the interesting thing about D is D is a part of that transition from your innate to adaptive immune system. It actually helps that transition to making antibodies right? So all of a sudden now, did you have this deficiency already? And so there's so many different factors, but the big ones I'm seeing are undiagnosed sleep apnea, hypermobility, gut issues. They were already a mold Lyme patient. The Lyme was already there, which we were talking about. And now it becomes reactivated, like shingles gets reactivated, like mono gets reactivated. And so now they're dealing with, you know, symptoms of um, like, you know, chronic Lyme or whatever. It's really this innate immune system is not keeping that where it's supposed to be. And so it's fun for me because it's kind of, it's kind of like a big um, puzzle, but it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff. It is a big puzzle. Well, this has been fascinating. I so appreciate your time today. Um, share with everybody where they can find you and on social media, your website, all that good stuff. You know, my um, website is richmondfunctionalmedicine.com. You can always just find me. If you Google Aaron Hartman, MD, that kind of comes right up. Um, and then my social media is RVA Integrative. Um, I think my um, Facebook and Instagram are the same. And then my YouTube is just Aaron Hartman MD, um, where I'm putting stuff up. And we have a, I've put over 200 different um, blog posts up about different topics, including mold and Lyme and stuff like that. So there's a lot of educational resources out there for people to look at. 
Yes. Well, thank you so much. Like, and I know I've seen you writing away and working all the time on all these different things. So like you, I, I so appreciate you sharing all your knowledge. So thank you so much for your time today. Great. Thanks. Thanks a lot for inviting me on your show. Did you like that episode? I absolutely love having the opportunity to interview some of the best and brightest guests and to share them with all of you. So if I may ask you a huge favor, I would love it if you went on over to Apple Podcast and gave us a review. I personally read each and every one of them as they come in, and I am always inspired by your feedback. So I would be so appreciative if you did that. And here is the legalese. All content provided by Dr. Lisa Olszewski and her guests in her programs, including this podcast, her website, summits, and other platforms, is for educational and informational purposes only. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider before you make any changes to your health routine, especially related to this content. Ask your physician questions about medical conditions. No statement has been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration, and products mentioned or discussed in these programs are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's the secret to your hair, Dr. Lisa? I get that question so much. And what I have changed recently is using my Nourish Collagen Peptides from the Nourish Balance Thrive line. As you know, before I ever put my name on anything, I test it out for months. And so therefore, I have been using this product for a long time before it ever became available to you guys. Why am I loving this product so much more than any other ones that I've ever used? A, this is grass-fed collagen. So if you are dealing with post-COVID hair loss, if you are dealing with a Hashimoto's diagnosis or a hypo or just low thyroid diagnosis and you're losing your hair, or maybe you're noticing your hair just isn't as thick as it used to be when you were in your 20s, right? There's so many of us noticing that. You might want to add some collagen into your routine. And the Nourish Collagen Peptides is from grass-fed cows, so you're going to love that. You're not going to get all the nasty hormones or whatever else that might be in conventional products. I am always looking for the cleanest source available. What else? If you're looking in the mirror and you're noticing those laugh lines, or if you can pinch your skin and it doesn't like rebound back as fast as it used to, that means the elasticity of your skin just isn't there and we want to rebuild it, nourish it so it can thrive, right? So the Nourish Collagen Peptides will do just that. And obviously as a chiropractor, I love this because it is good for your joint health as well. So Nourish Collagen Peptides has type 1 and type 3 collagen peptides in it, which are great for, like I said, hair, skin, and nails. So if you are dealing with laugh lines or thinning hair or creaky joints, you're going to want to grab a container of the Nourish Collagen Peptides. You can mix it into your smoothies, into your coffee. You can mix it into like your brownies if you're eating that drlisao.com, click the shop link or click the link below. I hear it all the time. How do I get my kids to eat fruits and vegetables? How can I get them to take a multivitamin? Or even for our adults, I hate fruits and vegetables. How do I incorporate some of the great benefits of this? This is why I created the Nourish Super Greens and Super Reds. You are going to love them. They are all organic. You have organic green blend and an organic red antioxidant blend. But what else I love about this? 
I brought in immune support as well. So we have such amazing superfoods, all of the different mushrooms that are in there, along with digestive enzymes. And you can just mix it into your smoothie. You can mix it into some water, but it tastes good. There are no added sugars. You're going to love it. So just click the link below or go to drlisao.com and click the shop button.